I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of ButcherBox, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. I'll try to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. <laughs> This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it. (laughs) So that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. I'm Hallie LeBont, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel. We like to introduce you to members of our church staff and community, and I always find it to be a treat and a treasure. Per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. Ride and abide. There is nowhere to hide. Hallie, how are you? (laughs) Too humble to grumble. I'll tell you that. How are you, Gray? Well, Hallie, it was going to be a great week until, well, something terrible happened last night. I got a call from the police that two of my (gasps) teens had been arrested. Oh, it grieves the heart. I know. And I thought, this is really weird. These are not the types of teens to get in trouble with the law. Uh, Just to give you a bit of background, Hallie, I've got this awesome group of dedicated drama enthusiasts within Climax who call themselves uh, Street street Scenes Teens. Street Scenes Teens. And what they do is they get together and they go out and bring the gospel to the street in the form of skits and sketches and dramas. And 
Well, you know, a lot of, I don't think a lot of people should be acting when they're, you know, anywhere under the age of 18. I just think the quality's not there, but these teens are really dedicated and it is cute. It is cute. And I don't like to name names, but in this case, it was Buster for Jones and Mazzy Toblerone and they got their one phone call. And of course they called me. They didn't want to call their teen, their, their mom from, from jail. They called me and Hallie, it was so sad. I went down to the station and I said, guys, what's going on? Well, I guess what happened, Hallie, is they were doing one of their street street scenes, teen street teen scenes. I, anyway, it's a trick I, it really, I don't really know what the name is, but they were doing an awesome presentation out on the sidewalk this weekend near a place called the Ball Pit, which is a gay oh. brunch. A, a gay drag brunch place. Oh no! I know, and I thought. Well, I said, you know, well, great place to do it. Definitely, you're going to win. Hopefully, some people over to Christ there for sure. But I guess there is a new law in Indiana about, you know, cross dressing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, thank goodness. And yeah. what happened was, Hallie, they were dressed like Jesus and the apostles. Well, good. Doing scenes, and awesome. the cops showed up because someone obviously called it in. Thank goodness. Uh, that they were, but but they thought there were people dressed as women out front, doing oh. drag because I guess the the clothes that they were wearing, pretty similar to a dress. They were dressed like Jesus, right. in a white robe with a blue sash. Yes. Well, a robe is not a dress, and uh, a dress is not a robe. I, even a kimono dress isn't a robe, even though it's a robe. That's a dress. There's a difference between there's a dr- robe. Difference and between a, a robe and a dress. That's what I told the sergeant, and he said. They didn't know that. They just rounded everyone up that was dressed like a lady. They thought it was a floor-length gown. They really did. And so I finally talked him out of it, and I said, you can't charge these teens. They were out there representing their faith. Yeah, yeah. And he was a Christian, thank goodness, and said, you know, you're totally right. I didn't mean to infringe upon their, their religious, you know, beliefs. But I said it's you know it's really scary for Christians right now, Hallie. It's terrifying. You know, even even Christian cops will accidentally round up Christians. And I said, you know, this law is in effect to protect kids yep. from drag brunches. Yep. And he said, well, that is true, but you know, most of the people that they've picked up lately haven't been drag haven't been drag queens. Surprising. Right. Because, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Gray. I always thought that when a man dressed as a woman, that that was the heart of comedy. I thought that was just so naturally funny funny that a man would debase himself like that by trying to represent themselves as a gal because it's so lesser than. And so it's so funny. Just at its heart, you know, uh, Jack Lemmon and uh, some like it hot. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and... Tootsie, uh, all the Tyler Perry movies. I thought we were supposed to laugh and laugh when a guy w- was trying to pull off being a gal because that would just be such a ridiculous thing for him to do to lower himself like that. And I guess, you know what? I have to humble myself because I learn something new every day. And what I thought was the essence and the heart of comedy turns out to be nothing but perversion and grooming. And that's what I said to the sergeant. And he actually said, you know, the people they've picked up this week in terms of, you know, sex, sex predators, uh, you know, soccer coach, swim coach, youth, uh, youth pastor um, uh, of course it was at a baptist church so you know uh, uh, nothing yeah. to do with nothing to do with anybody that we're associated with um uncles you know a lot of stepdads mm. you don't know no, and i said well how many drag queens and he said zero and i said well just wait uh because you know 
now we've got the law in effect. Yeah. I mean, and now we'll get some real numbers on it because my son Day said, you know, I'd like to take the numbers on like adults who have um, harmed children in a church setting and compare them to kids who have been harmed by these uh, drag queens. And um, he said it's somewhere in the hundreds of thousands um, versus zero. And I said, well, it's just because we don't have the numbers yet. We don't have the numbers yet. We've got to wait for the data. That's right. How was your week, Hallie? great i had a great week because i was walking with jesus and that's always a good week and my daughter had a much harder week she's got the worst endometriosis and is in constant pain and suffering oh which daughter the one who's always in a bad mood and the ob guy says that you know she needs to go on an iud or some form of birth control to get her out of this horrible pain and i says Uh, over my dead body are we giving my daughter a birth control you're not going to give someone the keys of a car if you don't want them to drive it and so and that is your decision whether to give the keys and i said to my daughter because it's your car until she's 18 that's right and i told her i said this is why god invented advil pop a couple of those and you know grab a heating pad and relax because guess what Having this terrible menstrual pain and heavy flow and the cramping and a lot of the like, you know, shedding of the uterine wall and it coming out in kind of dark, sticky patches as well as like full on, you know, you're wrecking your underpants, good pants, you know, and skirts and dresses. It's all. And uh, I said, you know why that happens? You know why we menstruate like that as females? Because even the garden in the Bible was very clear that the curse for having chosen to eat the apple and bringing sin into the world, the curse was that we would menstruate and have this pain. So you got to live with it. You got to suck it up and dry it up and buck up buttercup. And don't guys have the same thing? We also have to deal with a lot of pain, even more often than ladies. Guess what? Guys have to shave. Guys have to shave. We have to shave every few days. Unless you have a baby face. And that's also your curse from the Garden of Eden. Believe me, it is uncomfortable, especially when you have to do it like I do, because I do it basically everywhere. And for women, we only have to be in this awful suffering for, you know. Uh, I don't know, four decades or so, you know, only like a third of the time or a fourth of the time. Men have to shave every day. That's right. And so I would just, you know, remind your daughter that we also have our cross to bear. That's right. So you hear about France passed a law that a woman can stay home one day on a bad menstrual cycle and whatever. And I say, what? Just because she's spontaneously bleeding openly from her body, she gets to stay home, even though it's happening to 51% of the Earth's population all the time. Right. I mean, maybe I should stay home for shaving. Uh, That's right. You know, you, you nick yourself with your straight razor and the next thing you know, you can't go to work or can't go in the pool for a week? No. I mean, what's next? If in France you get to stay home when you're on the rag, what's next? You got to stay home if, you know, you have the cold and flu or strep throat or explosive diarrhea. What's next? You don't have to go to school or work if you've got COVID? Oh, no. It's just common cold. It's the common cold. And that's never stopped an American before. Because I really value truth, misinformation, 
really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the megaverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. Just like God moves our hearts to become closer to him and draw near to Jesus, our guest today moves the bodies of our worship leaders. It is my pleasure to introduce our movement coach, Cheryl Jockey. Welcome to the program. How are you doing today, Cheryl? That's right, Cheryl Jockey. Just uh, blessed to be here. It's like you say, too blessed to be stressed and too grounded to be sounded on the grounded. Oh, uh, am I, I right? <laughs> Cheryl, I, I mean, uh, if I could give people just uh, a picture of of you, I mean, you are in uh, what I what, I guess that's athletic way. You you kind of in some yeah, comfy, athleisure comfy is what the, they're calling it. Athleisure. Okay, great. And um, your job here at Twin Hills is one of the most important. You are the movement coach for the worship team. Now, what is what is movement coaching? I, I've never really understood that. You know, to me, it's like anything. You take the two pieces, okay? Movement, it's what you do when you get up in the morning, out of bed, you're walking around. Coaching, it's what you get yelled at about the movement stuff. You put them together. I have taught in high schools. I have coached high school teams that everyone said nobody had a scrap chance in heaven on earth, coached them to state's victories. I've worked with puppets from all over the world. Movement is what you make it. Awesome. I see. That definitely Movement clears is it what up. you make it. And, that and, is cool. And and I guess I would add ask on, on to that. So I always just thought people were up there singing, but what you're saying is that anytime someone moves on stage at Twin Hills, you've basically coached them on how to do that? So each move, the same with each word, the same with each idea, is a token in a great bucket of energy. So yeah, I guess I throw my tokens at people who need to throw their tokens at the Lord on Sunday mornings. Some of the tokens are pointing up at the monitor uh, during a difficult lyric set, uh, <sighs> perhaps a small dance uh, at a Christmas carol. 
uh, I like to sometimes have the kids give little, uh, you know, eagles hands to warn the mothers when raise you up on eagles wings is going to play because we know some of the sons are going to need to get the Kleenex ready. I think about all these things so that our clientele, I mean, our community doesn't have to. Awesome. That is so cool. I do feel like it enhances my worship experience when I'm in there in the auditorium and I'm looking up at the iMeg screens and I'm thinking about how awesome God is because I'm looking at all this awesome stuff. I hear beautiful music. I see gorgeous worship leaders and I see them pointing up at God and I say, oh yeah, this is about God. And then I see them clutch their chair chest and they might touch their chest with their eyes closed as they're singing about the heart of God. And I'm like, oh yeah, your heart is in your chest. And I feel like they're connecting all these dots for me and enhancing my experience. Have you choreographed all those movements based on the worship song lyrics? Communion's two pieces, right? It's the bread and the cranberry juice or the grape juice or the prepackaged syrup. Whatever you have that week, you need a little of column plan and a little of column jazz. What I like to bring is just letting people know it can't all be jazz and it can't all be planned. So likely when you're noticing those things and when you're noticing the movements, yes, I've had a hand in it. But you know who had the bigger hand? The big guy, G.O.D., himself. I mean, I think that's really, uh, that really answers some of my questions because one of the things, and I remember maybe six months ago, we had a new worship singer, and I don't like to name names, but I think it was Tiffany Cormandy. Tiffany Cormandy. uh, And Mm -hmm. I remember that she, she didn't forget the words. She claimed she forgot the movements, and she was holding a hand up um, for what seemed to be about 35 minutes. And she I lost think all the blood she to got her lost extremities. All, all, all the blood in her arm and then eventually had to sort of be, and, and it kind of got stuck there. And I think that's good to remember that, yes, you have to learn the movements, but also you have to be inspired to move when God wants you to move, especially when you're in deep uh, agonizing pain in your shoulder. You know, and we, we had a discussion about that to Fiffany and I, we actually had a, a mentoring program of four meetings over a six-week program that also included a couple of social events. And I would just say to her, you know, you can you can say all you want. God was holding my hand up. God wanted me to have my hand up. God wanted me to feel the pain. Read the book of Job. And I said, I've read the book of Job. And my takeaway is the Leviathan can't be tamed. So you know what? Maybe loosen your arms up. Maybe let God in. And, uh, you know, she's not doing worship currently, but uh, when we do open calls in the spring, I encouraged her to come back and audition again. And did she lose the arm? The arm was uh, salvageable, but she's uh, oh, doing physical therapy, which she hates. And I said, one of these days, you're going to see it as the love of Christ through repetitive movements. And she said, that's why you're the <laughs> movement coach. So I, I do want to kind of go through your repertoire too, because um, I think a lot of people don't know the types of moves that you're going to see. So you have the finger point uh, to the sky, which is one um, extended hand. And that's one index because you need to have the three, the three fingers pointing back and thumbs up for the Lord. So always make sure that the thumb is higher than the three fingers. Otherwise you're, you might be given a thumbs down and that's something that Ah. the King of lies, Prince of hell, Satan likes to see. And you know what? Doesn't make a difference to me, but I like to keep it out of my church. That's right. right. Good. And then I guess you've got your extended hand open to the sky. Uh, 
two hands extended open, yeah, to, open the to the sky. Yeah, open to the sky. As we say, open to this guy, you know? Oh, Christ. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. that how you teach it? Open to this guy. He loves oh. us this much. One finger up, one out on the cross, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah, this guy. Semaphore. That's my most favorite guy. And then you've got, uh, of course, there's just, you know, hand over heart, two hands over heart. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that we see up there. It's it is kind of a limited palette, I guess. We do the Conan O'Brien uh, snip the strings when we're feeling silly. Oh, I like that one because oh, it is good. goofy. It's not sexual. Because you know, it, God designed a platypus. We can laugh. Yeah, exactly. He has a sense of humor, and he's an artist. He's a comedian. And I was just going to ask because there are movements you can do that are considered vulgar. For instance, giving someone the finger. For instance putting up your uh, index finger and your pinky and having your thumb hold down the ring and middle finger makes the horns of the devil. And so when you do things like that and you're welcoming the Prince of Darkness into your life with the very movements of your body, are there any counter movements that are G that are Christ-based that we can do with our body that would counter, you know, let's say if we accidentally gave someone the finger or made devil horns type of thing? You know, I just say equal opposite reaction. You accidentally give someone the finger, then pop the devil horns up. If you accidentally give them the devil horns up, pop them up, but always extend that thumb. If you're lucky enough to have a thumb, you can make an I love you out of That's anything, right. out of a uh, middle finger, out of anything, and give a thumbs up, you know, to the Lord while you're doing it. And then you're double blessed. You know, somebody sneezes, don't say the F word anymore. I give them a, a, a little like cha-cha-cha when I say bless you. It's just adding movement to add to the positive energy, take away movement from the negative, just toss up the, I love you. Christ will get the idea. Love was the greatest commandment. Love your movement, love your church. And then yeah, the rest will follow, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, like nervous doing this because I know everyone's listening, but also I feel strangely confident. I love too that uh, the other the other week you it sort of improvised a new movement that you were calling the Trinity. And I liked it when you were saying, you know, hold up your father, hold up your son, and then hold up the pinky for Holy Spirit that's, you know, sort of flying around. And I thought that was really powerful when everybody was doing that on stage. You know, the teenagers were the ones who were touched the most by it. And I thought that was so special. I walked by the camp night out that they had, and they all have their cell phones in the air because, you know, some of the teen bands that they do not allow me to movement coach for in any way were performing. So, you know, I'm walking by the fence posts and kind of peeping in. And they see me looking in, and they're all giving me that exact Trinity symbol, and they're just really making me feel awesome. like I am part of the body of Christ. Even if I'm just the butthole, I'm helping push out what's not needed and, and letting the new generation fart if it pleases them. Wow, I've never thought about Jesus having that part of the body, but he must have to, to digest all that He's got it because communion. where else would it go? I don't know about that, Helly. Wow, well, I wanted to ask because, you know, I've always been so afraid of my own body, and for me to do any sort of movement, it requires use of my body. Yeah. And and I've learned to not trust it. And I know that our body is sinful. And the Apostle Paul tells us um, uh, that, that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and, and that if we follow the carnal desires of our body, it'll drag us straight to hell. And so I've done everything I can to only live up here above my chin, really even above my nose, really even just where my brain is and just enough to keep my uh, brain focused on Christ. But 
what do you say to, I mean, how do you, you, your whole vocation, your whole passion is making bodies move and bodies are so scary and dangerous. So how do you walk that line of temptation with bodies? Lust comes in the body. We stumble in the flesh. You know, my best advice is embrace the camel toe. Because when I first got started, the one thing keeping me from lightly dancing around and tippy tapping for Christ was, is my red pants or my gym pants folded up into myself? And then one day, you know, I'm, I'm talking about this with my pastor. This was in Los Angeles a few years ago. I'm in there five days a week asking about, well, I can't move around and help the worship team if I've got these pants that were required to wear all up inside of me. And you know, he said the wisest thing to me. He said, it ain't about the pants if you're not letting in the dance. And from that day on, I just said, you know what? I'm somebody who doesn't wear underwear. That's my policy and my politics. I won't bend on that. But I'm somebody that was self-conscious. And I said, Adam and Eve, they look just as silly in palm fronds as they did naked. So I said, embrace what you're embarrassed about. If you want to, you know, fall into the lake and try to swim around, go for it. People don't think it's as stupid as you think it is in your head. And a camel is a very biblical animal. Very biblical. They're in the Middle East where Jesus chose to come. I never even heard come. that phrase. No, I, well, I'm sure the camel toe is, it's... Well, it's an eye of the camel thing because the rich can't get right. through. If they're too rich, eye of the needle, it's too small. This is a metaphor like that, but just for some of the gas. Sorry, you can cut that that if it's not appropriate or you want to put it on the the after dark. Do we do the annual bloopers? Do they and do you know if when the church leaders meet, if they play bloopers? Oh, Oh, yeah, we love outtakes. We love outtakes at the end of the year. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. (laughs) From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. You know, 
I do wonder what brought you to being a movement coach? I mean, yeah. how do you even get qualified to be now on what, you know, many would say is one of the biggest stages in the country? Oh, uh, what, how did God lead you there? Well, it was by accident and by purpose, as it so often is. I was friends with Sandy Patty's niece in the 90s, and she was just struggling with this little puppet named Gerbert, if you remember. Oh, yes. yeah. Orange guy, yeah. red yarn hair, yeah. kind of a poor attitude at times, but a love of Christ that supersedes all. And she said, I am just this guy. Every time we turn the cameras on, he's freezing up. He's not doing the arms. And, you know, I don't even think his TV show is going to be a success. And I said, you know, right now I'm a dog walker, but I'm open to consulting with, you know, this kind of other animal, a puppet. And I found like, gosh, they just have a whole nother language, these puppets. And I spoke it, you know, it was like speaking in, it was Harry Potter talking to the snake at the zoo. Gerbert said yes to every idea I had. By the end of it, we had a show, a music video, a concept cartoon, and all of a sudden my name gets passed to Carmen, and I'm doing the puppets in his video for wow. Witch's Invitation. Wow. They recommend me for Satan Bite the Dust, and wow. then all of a sudden I get the call from Salty, and they said not only Salty needs a talking to, but Charity Freaking Church Mouse, oh. Risky Rat. I was like, these are my idols. Oh. You know, if Solomon the Supersonic Salamander calls, I might as well quit the business. You know, if Jim Henson needs any help with Gonzo, I'll observe because I'm not that qualified. But yeah, it's just really a calling and one step after another. And, you know, my goal is to find myself in a room uh, coaching Sweetums from the Muppets, uh, the big yeah. guy with the orange nose from the car lot in the uh, Muppet movie from the 70s. Uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be a blessing and a dream come true. So you really worked your way up the, the ladder of puppets, it sounds like. And now you get to do humans, which I guess if you really think about it, we're God's puppets at the end of the day. Isn't that right? We really are. And if the spirit's in there, then the puppet will dance. And if the spirit's not, you know... Jesus said to something about just kill the tree if it's not bearing fruit. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't usually take it that far, but I will cut them from the roster yep. uh, after a couple of offenses. We don't want dabbing. We don't want mooning. Oh. We don't want the kids at Christmas. You know, it's about the birth of Jesus. It's not about birthing a new lewd hand gesture yep. that everyone does yep. on TikTok. Yep. So I'm always watching for that stuff, yep. too. If I need to trim a bad fruit, if it's not producing and, you know, sometimes cuts have to be made. Cheryl Jockey's not afraid uh -huh. <laughs> to make cuts. That's right. And uh, Cheryl, forgive me if this is too personal a question, but when you have such a cool job, what do you do for fun when you're not working? Because it seems to me like your work is pretty fun. I'm glad you asked. It's all about rocks over here. Right? Uh, I have a couple different buckets. I'm a rock walker. Uh, there are many of us. We walk riverbanks. We go to beaches, uh, sometimes zoos. I have rock ethics. I don't take from a garden that is on a property that is not public. Uh, if there's a sign that says take nothing but photos, leave nothing but footprints, absolutely, I will not take a rock from there. But I shuffle rocks around. Sometimes I paint them, leave them at geosites. Uh, other times I simply mail them to a friend. Occasionally, I'll put a message on the rock about how I think someone could be doing something slightly better in their life, you know, anonymously. So, yeah, I'm a rock walker. Wow. A rock walker. I have never even heard that term. This is fascinating. Yeah. And what a biblical, what a, what a Jesus-based hobby. 
Now, there is a big argument in the community, whether it is a fetish community or not. Uh, I'm firmly on the uh, on the side that it's it's not for me. I rest. I res I respect that it is for other people. For me, I don't have that conviction, but other people might. So that's fine. I respect it. But my rock walking is uh, platonic, uh, same as my walking with, with uh, the Lord Jesus uh, Christ, our Savior. And I don't see how rock walking is any different than like collecting shells on the beach on vacation when you're down in the Sarasota. It's very different than that because of how we sort of su like shuffle the energy around oh, and really? rocks are t three times as heavy as most shells. Oh. But I understand your line of thinking and I respect it and I'm grateful for it. Wow. But you put messages on rocks and leave them around in nature? You know, I actually, uh, most of the time I leave them under seats at the church. Uh, so every, you know, 17th seat every now and then I'll have like a bless you or like a painting of Gerbert or like just something, just something to brighten the day. And I know the kids uh, trade them around. And there are a couple of kids who draw sort of lewd additions. Uh, I think that that's just layering. So uh, I respect it, even if I don't agree with every message. Although seeing how many Father, Son, and Holy Trinity hand gestures with the pinky and the two front fingers up are showing up on prayer rocks uh, and rock walks that I'm taking is, is really heartening. Because, you know, sometimes you think the youth is all about shock humor and stuff like that, but it's nice to know they're not. Yeah. Oh, that makes it, sense because I think one of my teens the other day came, but they, they were all laughing because they had a rock that said pound me on it. And then they were all doing the, the Trinity sign. I'm not really sure what that was. Well, you know, I think that was a, a strawberry shortcake reference. Cause I had, I'd clearly made a pound cake and a strawberry painting on the rock, but I think there's maybe one or two additions I might not have approved. Wait, so I want to make sure. So to do it, you, you hold your ring finger down with your thumb so that you're Two top fingers are pointed to the side and then your pinky. And that's the whole, that's the whole. Or to the, ideally to the lyrics. Yes. Okay. To the screen. So you're, you're kind of, and if you can make a shadow in front of the projector, it's even better. Oh, cool. Well that, I mean, I'll tell you, it's a real shocker when you see teens representing Jesus Christ and, and it, nothing makes me happier. Cause I always assume that the teens are going to be pushing back and being rebellious. And so I'll, I'll take these wonderful God shockers, uh, any day of the week. And I, I wanted to ask God shockers is a great name. We should brand that. Oh, oh, see, you're good. You got a head for, you got a, you got a head for business. And I, I just wanted to ask, cause one time my small group, we were talking, we were kind of trying to go through the Bible and, and, um, pattern our own small group hour after the movement of the Israelites, you know, through the desert and as they follow Jesus. And so there was a story that we were looking at in the Bible of them crossing a river and building an altar. And so we collected rocks and we piled rocks up on the, down by the river where we were having a prayer gathering and we made these little altars of rocks and we left them there. And um, that just, I haven't thought of that in so long until you talked about rock collecting or rock shocking or what do you call it? Rock walking, rock but walking. very, you know, I'm starting to think it's rock shocking because it is always a shock to find a, a fellow rock walker. Uh, <laughs> and, and is that how you met your husband? I met my husband actually ankles deep in a river, completely unrelated to rock walking. Oh. I had been, you know, on an inner tube with a bottle of beer, having a tough day, having a tough week. 
And all of a sudden I hear the whistle of the water, the air escaping and I stick my thumb in and then that sort of pops another hole. I stick my finger in that pops another hole. You know, my rings are starting to pop holes and I am just going, God, if it's your will to take me down the river, then by gosh, take me down the river. And then, you know, I just kind of leisurely sort of trickled to a rocky landing beach where uh bart was standing you know ankles deep in the water completely nude trying to decide if he wanted to baptize himself and i said hell get in here i'll baptize you and uh you know we got married within a week that is so awesome i said you (gasps) throw out this inner tube i'll do anything you want and now and now is he part of the rock walking as well he is uh, more of a uh, treasure hunter with the uh, metal detector oh. community. I, I don't know what their name exactly is, but he's usually ankles deep in the water with a metal detector. He's returned skulls or, or scads of class rings, oh. and he did find a skull uh, that had a metal plate in it, and we, we had to get the cops involved about that, and it actually posed more questions than it answered, but... Uh, you know, most of the time he's finding necklaces and, and class rings and, and, and keys, lots of See, keys. That's fascinating because I've, oh, I've ne- I would never really consider rock walking to be fetish related, but always thought of the guy, those guys with the metal detectors as having some kind of fetish community. And, and for Bart, it is, it is a, uh, oh, okay. yes, it is that. And that's why I let him, that's one of the rules that we have that, uh, we talked to pastor about it a whole bunch. Uh, yeah, he is just able to do that. And my rock walking, which is not that, I can do how what I want to do it, how I want to do it. Okay. Well, I do want to tell you that I think you're married to one of my most favorite men around the church. I think I find Bart to be such a, a treasure. He is funny. He has a good attitude. And I just feel like God must think so highly of Bart that God has given him such challenges because God will never give you more than you can handle. And for him to have such a severe rheumatism or stiffness, whatever it is that makes his whole body so stiff, he's almost like a piece of cardboard well, and I, can't move. And here he's married to a movement coach. I know, and but I think that's because he's, he's actually... so little and I'm so big, you know, it's just tough. Like I, I keep saying, let's get the ergo baby. Let's put you in the front so I can kind of carry you around. Like I, I shake him up every night. I shake him up and I go, let's get you moving. But you know, so far, no luck. And I've always seen he's all, I mean, I think part of the reason he's so stiff is he's got one of those metal detectors on each arm. And I mean, you can't really put your arms over your head if you're always going to be metal detecting. That's right. But what love is, is duct taping metal detectors to your husband's arms, even when you know it's not in his best interest, because God apparently wants him to do it. Well, right. it's his heart's desire. And and I think you're a wonderful wife. And, you know, I just, his friend, I got to give a shout out to Steve Montague, who always goes with him and picks up yeah. the stuff he finds. Because with two metal detectors, one on each arm, it's really hard when the button goes off, you want to grab for it. And, you know, he's knocked a tooth out or two try in his excitement. Uh-huh. But Steve Montague, he met him in a men's group about... <laughs> 40 years ago and he just loves going out and having a great time with him metal detecting they'll be gone sometimes for a week or two and they'll come back with treasures and and no stories i I would love to hear what they do on those trips but you know i'm a rock walker that's that's just i my movement is rocks and i rock every stage and 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 i can't go on vacation because every sunday i'm doing the movement coaching you know 
so they can do that stuff too. Yeah. And he always comes back looser. He always comes back wiggly jiggles after he's been hanging out with Mr. Montague, our family friend. I love that. I remember, uh, yeah, during uh, one of the outdoor services we were doing last summer, Steve, uh, you know, Pastor Steve, lead Pastor Steve, uh, somehow dropped his his Range Rover key, and it it wouldn't. I it, Bart was right away on that. He said, "Found it." You know, he found it in the gla- in the grass because he he basically did a full sweep of you know I, I, he covered so much distance. Oh, he's with got the, those eagle eyes. It, eagle eyes and just like full windmill. He prayed for eagle eyesight when he was a little boy, awesome. and he got it. Awesome. Oh. Well, Cheryl, I don't want to let you go before giving the opportunity to give a word to anyone listening. Um, uh, what are ways that we can move on a daily basis that will invite more? Jesus into our life. You know, every time you take a breath, it's a chance to bring in that goodness and that clarity. And most of most of us don't breathe noisy. Mm. We breathe quiet because mm. we're on the train or we're walking around. Well, you know what I say? Every time I see a staircase, I say that's a chance to make a joyful noise to the Lord. So I go, or you know, and I tell you, Bart hates it. Steve always laughs when I'm doing it. But it's just a chance to to move the energy around, you know, stir up the dust. We're all made of dust anyway. Might as well blow it around a little bit. And, uh, you know, the only one I'm not allowed to do anymore just because of a Disney. I guess it must have been a copyright claim, but it was when we were at Walt Disney World Orlando. I was doing the goofy falling off a cliff scream. I'll just do it real quiet so you know what it is. But I was going like, whoa. I guess I, I, I hit the button one too many times and I'm, I'm allowed to go to Disney, but not do that oh, one yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to tell you, Cheryl, that's amazing that your advice is for us to start uh, vocalizing our grunts and our gurgles and our and to expel and make the noises of our energy as we do it. Don't be scared. It, it's amazing that that is your advice, because guess what verse it makes me think of from the Bible? Even the rocks will cry out. <laughs> I hope mine don't from some of the stuff they've seen. Cheryl Jockey was played by the very funny Sarah Shockey. You can go check out her podcast, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, and follow her at Sarah Joy Shockey. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. 
a great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.